Welcome to the Open Adoption Project. This is episode 81. We're the Nelsons. I'm Lynette. And I'm Sean. Today we have an interview with Joanna Pace from Hopscotch Songs, and we're going to be talking about the song about boundaries. Uh, It's called That's a Boundary or Setting Boundaries. It's this fun song for kids to help them understand about how to set boundaries and advocate for themselves and their safety. Anyway, it's a great song. We love Joanna and her husband, Matt. They have this YouTube channel that's really awesome called Hopscotch Songs, and they've also been on our podcast before talking about their very open adoptions and uh, their thoughts on creating open adoption relationships. So that is episode 50, if you want to look them up. And yeah, it's a really fun chat with Joanna. Yeah, Um, we're going to play this song right now. Um, You can also find it on YouTube. We'll put a link to the YouTube video in our show notes. So we'll jump into the song right now so you can hear it. You'll have some context while you're listening to the episode. And then we'll jump into our episode with Lynette and Joanna. standing close teasing or tickling while others don't high fives handshakes kisses sharing milkshakes things people do and say with others are not okay your feelings are important no matter your size so you can set boundaries to clarify and you can say please stop i don't like that I need more space Not around me Don't take it personally That's just a boundary That's a boundary Please stop I don't like that I'm feeling uncomfortable I need more space Not around me Don't take it personally It's just a boundary That's a boundary That's a boundary That's a boundary Everyone has different needs And we can't read each other's minds But if we ask before we do something We won't cross each other's lines And we'll know what is and isn't fine And say, I'll stop, you don't like that You're feeling uncomfortable You need more space, not around you I'm not offended or blue That's That's just your boundary, that's your boundary If someone's invading your personal space that's a boundary Or doing things that make you feel unsafe That's a boundary Or saying things that make you feel hurt or gross Not in front of me Whatever affects you most You need to say something Like what? Maybe like Please stop, I don't like that I'm feeling uncomfortable I'm not trying to be mean, that's just not my scene, cause that's a boundary, that's a boundary, that's a boundary, that's a boundary. 
We are here on the podcast with Joanna Pace from Hopscotch. Joanna, welcome so much to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Hey, to start off, can you tell us a bit about you and about Hopscotch? Absolutely. Um, So I am a teacher. I've been teaching for the last 10 years. I teach elementary school, kindergarten, second grade. At some point, I just, we had a need that we needed. I wanted to have better quality content for kids. And um, so I asked Matt, who my husband, who's a musician, and he uh, started writing songs for me to use in my classroom. And then it kind of snowballed. And now we have Hopscotch. So it's a big YouTube channel. You guys have a ton of subscribers and you have really quality songs. (laughs) Thanks. It's definitely grown a lot uh, more than we anticipated. And so we feel really grateful that we get to do what we love. That's awesome. And then you're also an adoptive parent. Yes, absolutely. We have two children who both joined our family through open adoptions. So We wanted to hop on today and chat about one of the songs that came out on your Hopscotch channel about boundaries. When I heard it, I was just like, this was so needed. It's the song that I didn't know that I needed Mm. to help my kids learn about boundaries. So we really appreciate you chatting with us about it today. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so why did you feel like this was something that you wanted to address on your channel? Um, that's such a good question. I also felt like there was a huge need. Um, I've taught elementary school for 10 years and, um, kids don't always have the vocabulary they need to set boundaries with other children and especially with adults. Um, so, uh, I have the opportunity to teach social and emotional learning as part of my job. And, um, oftentimes I'll ask them like, do you like to be tickled? Raise your hand if yes, raise your hand if no, or like raise your hand if you like this or that. And a lot of times, um, it's, it's amazing to see it's their first time being asked, like, do you like this? Are you okay with this? And not in terms of like me tickling them, but in terms of giving them the choice to think about it, uh, and yeah. consent to it and say like your body, your choice. So it's really important. Yeah. And, and with other kids on the playground, you know, sometimes they know that the other kid is not trying to bother them. Like if they're trying to give them a hug or something like that, but at the same time, if the child is not comfortable with it, they don't always have the vocabulary to be able to say, stop, I don't like that. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, this was kind of a, a goal of mine. This is my passion project. And I worked with our social worker to get some of the main things that she sees as a, like a secondary intervention that yeah. we could address more as a whole, like as a whole system or in families and in classrooms and schools, et cetera. So, yeah, I love it. And you have all of these solid examples for kids in the song about like, stop. I don't like that. Um, I need some space. I'm feeling uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Really good examples of what that might look like setting a boundary. Thank you. I was, I, I've definitely seen it help (laughs) in different situations. So it's really cool for me to see how, where it's gone. So that's awesome. So how have you seen it help empower kids to set boundaries? Um, I, one of my favorite things is seeing kids say, oh, that's a boundary for me. And just like being able to vocalize how they're feeling without being offensive or accusing the other person, because sometimes they'll be like, you're being mean, right? That's the old way of saying like, you're bullying me or you're being mean when what they really mean is like, I don't like what you're doing me for me personally. I don't want to play that way. And so it changes, um, it from like being a victim to being empowered, to stand up for themselves and say what they are and aren't comfortable with. So I love that. Yes. And that vocabulary is not accusatory, but it's firm and it's standing up for yourself. I love the, that's a boundary, just laying mm-hmm. it out there. That's great. 
What considerations did you want to address in the song as you were writing it? Oh, there were quite a few. Um, one was uh, the idea that that kids are allowed to say it, that it doesn't have to come from adults, that kids can make their own rules. Um, another consideration that I had was um, we, had, we had been given a little bit of soft feedback. Well, maybe some parents won't like this because parents want to be able to say what's okay and what's not okay. And um, Matt and I disagreed firmly on that. We felt like kids have the right to talk about what, what they are and aren't comfortable. Um, and another consideration was just kids taking it personally and making it about them when it's not about them. You know what I mean? Like if someone says, hey, I don't like hugs, it doesn't have to be personal, you know? And I think adults yeah. actually need this song as much as kids. So Yeah. Well, and that's great to teach them at a younger age that, hey, it's okay if someone doesn't want that. Like, yeah, a hug. If your friend doesn't want to be touched. Yeah, it's just respect that. It's not an attack on you. It's a boundary. I love it. Or like uh, sometimes if kids are just exposed to different things, so maybe they just aren't comfortable with that sort of content or dialogue. Um, Like, oh, I don't want to play guns or I don't want to play this way or that way. And so, yeah. Yeah. And so I feel like in the adoption world, there's an extra layer of maybe some complexities with boundaries. So... Did any of those thoughts or relationships in the adoption world affect the song as you were thinking about that and writing it? I think one of the things that we see a lot are boundaries being crossed um, with assumptions being made about uh, adoptions or birth families. And I, I don't know other than to just say we continue to try and change the dialogue with with. Um, honoring, revering, and appreciating birth families and their sacrifices rather than like making these assumptions um, and, and for the kids too. Just yeah. So one of it is just the idea of empowering kids to be able to change the dialogue, period, and hopefully helping that bleed into the adoption dialogue as well, I guess, yeah. in one way. Um, yeah, just... <laughs> I, I, I mean, I think every kid... At some point, like I, I know for me, I was teased as a kid, like, oh, you don't fit in, like maybe you're adopted, right? That was like a very negative connotation. Yeah. Um, and I hope that with this song, kids would say, hey, that's actually not the way we talk about adoption. We're really grateful for adoption and we love it. So, yeah. but, um, but that being said, every adoption is so unique. So, and what I appreciate is that I have the power to say in our family, this is how we talk about adoption or in our family, yeah. this is how we talk about our birth families because they're incredible so yeah and that's a great way to model it for kids so that they recognize when someone's crossing that line and saying something inappropriate if the parents or the adults in the child's life are able to model hey we draw the line here we don't talk about personal struggles or like why a birth parent might have placed their child or you know different things we might not talk about this with other people and that's a boundary that we're setting and modeling that for kids so that they can yeah. continue that. Absolutely. It's it's interesting because we we want to be open with our kids and we want them to know their story and we want it to be a story that they're proud of because we're yes. proud of it. Yes. And also at the same time, I don't uh, like I don't want to pretend that the sacrifice wasn't there. So it's it's complicated, 
Um, it really is. And yeah. every story is different. Mm-hmm. Some have personal details that really other people don't need to know, right? Right, Outside right. Your family. Right, right. Yeah. Just yeah. showing respect for the for yeah. the um, privacy of others. And, and I think people aren't used to to that in yes. when they aren't used to adoption they might ask questions that are not okay and then as a friend you want to include them and educate them while not you know giving away personal details that they don't need to be yeah. privy to so I don't know it, again it's like the idea I'm a little bit of an overshare for me but I don't want to be an overshare for someone else so yes. I don't know yeah. I have the same struggle and I'm working on it. It's really good, <laughs> good to recognize. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I don't know if that makes sense. That's all very, it seems a little abstract, but ideally just, you know, changing the dialogue. So I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So one of my kids, um, when she was going to meet a therapist for the first time, this therapist was a little quirky where he did not seem to hear the adoption language that she uses and she prefers like she calls her birth mom by her first name and he just kept saying things like hey now tell me about your real mom and she got really upset about it and she kept saying hey that's not the language i use i'm Uh trying to set those boundaries and it's challenging when the adults in a child's life aren't listening to that absolutely she she did get really upset and just in the end said i don't want to go back to him Mm -hmm. he doesn't listen any thoughts on how we could help kids in situations like that when there's another adult who's outside of our control, really? Oh, man. And and what like what an amazing example for your daughter to be able to, to realize, oh, this makes me feel uncomfortable when you're not listening to me, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I, I really appreciate that example because I think that that would be like, hey, this is a boundary for me. Please don't use that term, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, my kids aren't old enough. We haven't had that discussion. Like we definitely know what we call their birth parents and they have a great relationship with them, but, um, I've been there to advocate for them. And so I love this idea of giving them the tool to advocate for themselves. So, yeah, yeah, it's a challenging tightrope in the adoption world, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And I, we, we've been really upfront with our extended family. Like, hey, this is actually, we don't use that term. This is uh-huh. the preferred one. We don't say give up. We say place. We don't, you know, um, and just like setting those boundaries as a family. But again, we hope that we continue to make friends and we want them, you know, we want it to be supportive. And like you were saying, it's impossible to completely avoid. So, yeah. Well, and I feel like, People sometimes just don't understand, right, the importance of something to a person. If they say, hey, this is the vocabulary I prefer, some people just don't get it. And mm-hmm. it's hard. You can't, you can't make them. But mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, do you have any tips for parents or caregivers who have not talked to their kids about boundaries yet from your own experience? How would you go about that conversation? Uh, I I mean, I think like so many other things, it needs to be a continuing conversation, not just one, you know? Um, And I think uh, like asking them explicitly, like, how do you feel about this? Do you like being tickled? Are you okay with a hug? You know, um, even things like when a family member is over and like saying, oh, go give them a hug or go like that's, that's already sending a message that their boundaries don't matter. And so trying to change it and check yourself because there's the social expectation that your kids will be amicable and loving and like cute and all these other things that are 
not necessarily fair expectations for children. Um, and uh, for me, one of the biggest things that went into this song um, was maybe the darker side of trying to prevent child um, sexual abuse and child abuse. Um, and uh, I just it. I just want kids to have as many tools as they can. And so, yeah, the idea that kids' bodies and kids' preferences are really important and that their feelings are important no matter how old they are um, should hopefully empower them to say no when they feel when they feel like they should. So. Yeah, and I love that it's so simple in the examples you give in that song where I feel like my younger kids would be able to understand that too and hopefully utilize that if they were in a situation where they felt uncomfortable or threatened where they could say, oh, wait, I remember what to say to this. And they have this toolbox right there that's really yeah. accessible and easy to remember. Absolutely. That's that's the hope. Even my, my baby is not even two and he's already saying, he says, like that from the song, like, I don't like that. And so, and our older son knows that he's saying, I don't like that, you know? So the, the next step is always part of the song is about respecting other people's boundaries. And I think that's a conversation that's an ongoing one that like, Hey, he, you need to listen to his boundaries and we listen to your boundaries. So in our family, yeah. we listen to boundaries. And so it's been nice for for my husband and I too, because with the kids, you know, sometimes they're crawling all over you and it's a at some point you just don't like it anymore. And so for yeah. us, we'll just say, Hey, that's a boundary. We need some more space. And so, um, it's not personal. It's not like you're, you know, you're yeah. annoying or you're bothering me. It's just like, I need space. And yeah. so, um, I think that common language, even like with, within my family has really helped. And then, um, I've seen my dad who wants to be a cute grandpa, wants to play with the kids, but then at some point they, they're playing too rough and my dad didn't have that language. And so as a grandpa, I've seen, seen him say, oh, that's a boundary for me. That's and the really kids cool. understand it, you know? Yeah. And, um, or or um, in my kindergarten class, I saw the same thing this year where the kids said, oh, that's a boundary. Please don't talk about that. Or that's a boundary with each other on the playground. And I thought it was really amazing and it, it, it made me so proud and so excited. So really neat what a rewarding thing to actually see people utilizing it and I feel like as we grow older it's harder to make changes and adjustments like that that's really neat that your dad has been able to utilize it too yeah yeah well you know he's he's trying to figure I think we're all trying to figure it out at each stage of life whether you know it's as an adult setting boundaries with people for our time or or whatever or with kids with our physical space and anyway so yeah do you have any thoughts that you want to share about setting boundaries and open adoption? Like as you're establishing these relationships with biological families, how to do that in a way that's healthy? Mm-hmm. We get a lot of questions about how to set boundaries and open adoptions. Oh, that's such a great question. I think the conversation is really important to have with, um, with our older son. Um, we sat down before, right before he was born and just said, what are your expectations? And I think expectations and boundaries kind of go hand in hand. Um, and then just continuing to have those conversations, like, what are your expectations? What are your boundaries? And then being able to say for us, you know, we, we really want, you know, this is really important to us. And then at the same time, um, this is our boundary. So, um, and both of our kids' birth moms have been so incredibly respectful that we honestly haven't had, like, we haven't felt like we need to set boundaries because they err on the side of, um, being over respectful, like not over respectful, but so respectful that they don't want to step on toes. And I think we feel the same way that we don't want to step on their toes. Um, I think for me, 
part of it is just saying, hey, we really do want to hear from you. We really do want to spend time with you. What can we do to make that happen? Um, and yeah, I, I would say with expectations at the beginning, um, with, uh, with our younger son, we, we were going in, we didn't know his birth mom as well. And so we were saying, we are going to make mistakes. We are going to do things that are probably things you wouldn't do. How do you feel about that? Are you okay with the fact that we're going to make mistakes, that we're going to maybe choose different things than you? Um, we weren't sure like how many opinions she would have, or, you know, we would ask her questions like, what is, what are your thoughts on this health procedure or this or that, you know, are you okay if we choose vaccines or circumcision or all these different things and trying to have these discussions ahead of time and ultimately saying like, who's ultimately going to have the say, are we both on the same page about that? And so it's so important to talk about, especially before mm -hmm. and that way yeah, it's out and it's being discussed before there's yeah. anything official. So there's no coercion. Everything yeah. is like on the table. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's what we really wanted was this, this discussion. And it's hard to have those conversations. Sometimes it's hard to ask the question, but we felt like when we said, Hey, let's talk about this. What are your expectations? What are the traditions in your family? Yeah. How comfortable are you? This is what we did with our older child, or this is what we're kind of thinking. Um, do you have any like strong feelings about it? Um, which kind of allowed for input while still, um, we felt like that ultimately the expectation would be that we would have the final say as their parent. Um, but also we wanted to respect their birth moms and, you know, and so it was, inter yeah. it was interesting because, you know, we had those conversations. I thought they went really well and I felt like they set us up for open communication. So that's awesome. That's really great. Great advice. <laughs> so on the flip side, I feel like it's really easy for adoptive parents to forget that birth parents might have opinions or boundaries that they want to voice too. Mm -hmm. And after placement, there's this power discrepancy, right? Where mm -hmm. even if you have a great relationship they still might not feel that psychological safety to say, hey, I actually don't like this, or yeah, this might need to change something about this mm -hmm. might be a red flag for me. And I feel like as an adoptive parent, it's kind of a challenge, right? But also a call to action to be checking in and mm -hmm. asking for feedback and mm -hmm. asking for boundaries, basically, like what do you need from these first parents? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I would second that. I think the idea of just checking in is really great. Like, how are you? Am I like, what needs do you have with, with your child, with the, this shared child that we both love and adore? Yes. Um, can we send you more pictures? Do you need to hear from us more? You know, yeah. do you want to hear from us less? Do you need more space? Like we've definitely been doing that with our younger son and his birth mom, just trying to say, cause she lives farther away. Are you okay? Are we you know, is this too much? Is this yeah. not enough? You know, so. But. Yeah, it's, it's a real tightrope, but I think it's really important to recognize that birth parents might all, not always be comfortable stepping up and saying, hey, I need more or I need a boundary here or whatever it is that they're feeling. It can be a really hard thing, I think, for that part of the adoption community to feel comfortable and safe sharing something. Absolutely, especially yeah. as they were definitely the more vulnerable of, yes. of, of the party. So yeah, yeah, such a good reminder and I don't have it perfected, but I, I feel like inviting the discussion is a way to give them 
a chance to talk about it without feeling like they're going to hurt your feelings or upset you. So it's a great feedback. And I feel like also applicable for adoptees, right? As we're talking to our kids who were adopted and trying to help them understand how to set boundaries with this extra complexity in their life. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. What other thoughts do you have about boundaries? (laughs) Oh man. Um, well, I went to therapy for a few years, <laughs> at least I love going to therapists and I feel like she taught me so much about boundaries. So I really appreciate her. Um, I think setting boundaries can be hard, but it's really yeah. important to model for your kids too. So absolutely. Um, well, and it's hard to change too. I feel mm-hmm. like with the younger generations, it's becoming less taboo to be straightforward and say, Hey, I need to set these boundaries right here. But it's kind of an uncomfortable thing when you're trying to set boundaries with older generations that maybe don't understand mm-hmm. the importance of it. Yeah. There, there's a certain amount of entitlement yeah. as, as a parent that you think, well, I'm raising you. So I get this say in your life mm-hmm. and how far does that extend and how old does that extend? And, um, I think any 18 to 30 year old would probably say, uh, they've had some discussion about boundaries with a parent, you know, like I'm an adult now. I, I need to set this boundary. So it's definitely an ongoing discussion. I think um, then you then you have this whole dynamic as a parent setting boundaries with your your parents about your children, about, you know, uh, the way you're going to parent your kids yeah. and then also possibly with birth families, et cetera, and seeking feedback, listening to feedback, and then ultimately trying to do the best you can. So, um, I don't think boundaries are going away. Um, and I'm, and I'm happy about that. I just, yeah. The other part that is, can be tricky is helping kids recognize what's a reason, like reasonable boundary too. Right. So, um, but yeah, that, I think most kids are pretty good about it. They, they seem to understand intuitively like, Oh, I don't like that. So I can say, I don't like that, you know? Yeah. So, so are there any examples that you have off the top of your head of unreasonable boundaries you might've seen and how you help kids recognize how that could be be shifted to be more reasonable? Um, I mean, my, my six year old's really, really smart. And so they're like, um, cleaning up. I'm, I don't like that. That's a boundary. I'm like, ah, yeah, that's, that's not exactly applicable the same way. I mean, I understand if you want some time before, let's set, let's set some goals, but if it's your stuff, then, you know, that's, you know, so just, I guess, misapplication, but, um, with any, with any principle, like what is a boundary, what isn't a boundary and just trying to help set them up for success. So have there been any tools or resources that have been really helpful to you as you think about boundaries and teach your kids about them? Ooh, I, I mean, there's some great books, I think, like body books, body awareness. Um, that, that would be one. Um, talk, I mean, for me, just talking to social worker, my experience in the classroom um, has been a big resource. I, w- I would imagine most parents have <laughs> some some form of experience the same way. Um, no, honestly, not a ton off the top of my head. I use the boundary song now as a basis, like as a resource um, and a jumping off point. One thing for us that's really big with boundaries is, uh, and, and also in terms of like child abuse prevention, um, is just like teaching your children correct anatomy. 
um, helping to overcome any shame or guilt we as adults have surrounding our bodies because that is huge from what the research shows about passing on body positive um, discussions as well as empowering them to talk about it, which is really good for them in terms of protection and prevention. So, yeah, I feel like the theme of secrecy and shame comes up on our podcast so often Mm -hmm. and it is, it's a shackle that keeps you from being able to develop that feeling of safety. If you're feeling shame or guilt about something and it's a secret. Yeah. I love that this conversation is about bringing things out into the open and just transparency and openness. Absolutely. According to the research I've read, however parents feel about their body and even like if parents are comfortable with their own sexuality as an individual, then their children will feel more comfortable coming to them with questions and talking about that openly. And so whenever parents even subconsciously send a message like, ooh, I, even if they don't say it out loud, if they look or sound uncomfortable talking about certain topics, kids will pick up on that and then be less likely to bring it to them in the future and so really interesting um, yeah so even even though I mean we're talking about setting boundaries in this case I would say like try really hard not to set too many boundaries in the way that you're willing to listen to your kids about their bodies or what they're feeling um I know for us my my parents are wonderful and also I they had a really hard time talking about body parts and and they tried to use the right labels but they just you know you could just tell it made them feel really uncomfortable we didn't talk openly about um, sex or sexuality ever um and uh, those are subconscious boundaries that were set right so subconsciously we knew that we just didn't talk to mom and dad about it um and so so it wasn't really a safe space for talking about it if you did have questions. Right. And the implication being that there's shame surrounding that and guilt surrounding that. And so, um, if any, you know, there are seven kids in the family and when various things came up, we didn't tell mom and dad, you know? And so, um, and, and so for me as a parent and especially, um, an adoptive parent being more aware of some of the trauma and, and things that their birth families went through, I, I just, I'm really passionate about being open, open and trying to, um, trying to get rid of the shame and the guilt and the secrecy as much as possible. And so being body positive, being, um, straightforward, being open, trying to work on my own issues with any of the shame and guilt I grew up with have all been part of this idea. Um, obviously this would look different in a school setting versus a home setting, but, um, yeah. But it's a lot. I feel like we talk about open adoption so much, right? These relationships, but there's also such a need in parenting in general too, to have these open dialogues where, yeah, it's just openness all across the board is so important in helping mm-hmm. kids and develop. Absolutely. I feel like people worry like, oh, well, if I talk about it, then my kids will be curious. Or if I do this, then that. Um, and and the research is pretty clear. Like they're already going to be curious. So who, who do you want them to, to talk to? <laughs> you know? yeah. So um, yeah, just normal part of life. And we, we, we are not perfect. Um, we are definitely not perfect, but I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about it. So yeah, well, thank you so much for being on the show today. We really love this song and it's a great tool for our kids. We do get a lot of questions from our listeners about boundaries. 
Uh, and thanks for having me. And I'd love to hear more feedback from other people. We're still, you know, still in the learning process. So yeah, but it's been it's been really cool to see um, where it's gone. And we had uh, Miss Rachel share it, and so that definitely uh, raised some awareness. We were not we were not anticipating it, but it's been really cool to see. Um, just to see people interpret it. And I think it resonates with all of us to some degree. So. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Well, Joanna, thank you so much. Thanks, Lynette. It's been, it's been great. Thanks to Joanna for joining us for this episode of the Open Adoption Project. And thanks to Matt as well for him and her and their creative genius or ingenuity in the hopscotch channel i really love listening to their music and and think it really helps educate kids i mean honestly their songs are super catchy they get stuck in my head too i like the planet one too (laughs) (laughs) well i think there's a couple things from that conversation that i mean many things that will resonate a lot with parents in general um, but a couple things in the adoption space that i felt like were were really good conversations one just even before um, a baby is born, if you have a connection with an expectant parent or expectant parents, um, setting boundaries. So talking about things that you feel comfortable with and things that you don't feel comfortable with. Um, obviously, there's different contexts that we can talk about boundaries in, but I just love the thought of just saying what you feel and obviously in kind and respectful ways so that other people know what to expect or what uh, you prefer yeah yeah letting people know what your boundaries are and then i feel like if you're able to do that well the next step is to help other people who might have a hard time voicing their boundaries with doing that and so like as an adoptive parent i feel like it's really on our shoulders to help make sure that birth parents in our lives and adoptees in our lives are able to have their boundaries respected and so helping them voice what those boundaries are and then being respectful ourselves and helping them advocate for themselves yeah yeah and i think especially when we're trying to facilitate or foster a number of relationships in our children's lives i think it's important for us to take a step back and just say are you feeling comfortable with this are you feeling safe with this, right? Like, mm-hmm. how do you feel about this in general so that we're respecting how they feel and then help them, like you just said, voice some of those feelings so that we can create a shared understanding of what their boundaries are. Yeah, yeah, I think it's so important. Well, and if we can model those healthy boundaries for our kids, I, I believe that they'll have healthier relationships as they grow up and mature and become adults. Yeah. Well, thank you again so much to Joanna. We're grateful for the opportunity that we have to interact with and talk with so many just awesome people um, in this space. And um, this is no exception. We're so grateful for their talents and, and help. Awesome. Well, we'll be back in two weeks with a new episode. And until then, encourage you to sign up for our newsletter. If you have not, you can do that on openadoptionproject.org. And if you would like, you can also leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or on Audible. We love and appreciate all of the reviews people leave for us. It helps others to find our podcast as well. Thanks so much. And we will play you out one more time with 
boundaries. And it will probably get stuck in your head like it's been in mine for a few weeks. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Open Adoption Project. Some people like hugs or standing close, teasing or tickling while others don't. High fives, handshakes, kisses, sharing milkshakes. Things people do and say with others are not okay. Your feelings are important, no matter your size, so you can set boundaries to clarify. And you can say, please stop, I don't like that, I'm feeling uncomfortable, I need more space, not around me, don't take it personally, that's just a boundary, that's a boundary. Please stop, I don't like that, I'm feeling uncomfortable, I need more space, not around Personally, it's just a boundary. That's a boundary. That's a boundary. That's a boundary. Everyone has different needs, and we can't read each other's minds. But if we ask before we do something, we won't cross each other's lines. And we'll know what is and isn't fine and say, I'll stop. You don't like that. You're feeling uncomfortable. You need more space, not around you. I'm not offended or blue. That's just your boundary. That's your boundary. If someone's invading your personal space, that's a boundary. Or doing things that make you feel unsafe, that's a boundary. Or saying things that make you feel hurt or gross, not in front of me. Whatever affects you most, you need to say something. Like what? Maybe like, please stop, I don't like that. I'm feeling uncomfortable, I need more space. Not around me, don't take it personally. That's just a boundary, that's a boundary. Please stop, I don't like that. I'm feeling uncomfortable, I need more space. Not around me, don't take it personally That's just a boundary, that's a boundary I'm not trying to be mean That's just not my scene Cause that's a boundary That's a boundary, that's a boundary That's a boundary, that's a boundary.